welcome to episode 41 of Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to list all the things there are to be thankful for. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, in honor of Thanksgiving, we're going to talk about what we're thankful for. First, we discuss a few games we've played recently, like Legends of Andor, Ascension, and Queen Domino. Then we talk about what parts of gaming and the gaming community we're thankful for. Finally, we wrap things up with a look at the etymology of the word benefit. And now, here are your hosts, Ambi, Cassidy, and me, Crystal. This is just a quick reminder that we are running a giveaway right now for a copy of Harvest Dice with an exclusive Pip the Pig meeple, uh, courtesy of our sponsor, Gray Fox Games. So everybody give them a big thank you for uh, allowing us to run this contest. All you have to do to enter is go to boardgameblitz.com slash contest and fill out the form there and you will be entered to win a copy of Harvest Dice, the new roll and write game, which is pretty exciting. And I'll admit I'm kind of jealous because I haven't gotten to play it yet. And we had a question from someone asking uh, who is eligible to participate and we are going to say that this is international. So uh, no matter where you are, please feel free to enter the contest and you have a chance to win Harvest Dice. I've recently been playing Legends of Andor, which is an older game. It's 2012 by Michael Menzel and published by Cosmos. I love that a five-year-old game is considered old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But Legends of Andor is a cooperative game for two to four players, and it lasts 60 to 90 minutes. My friend has a copy, and we've been playing through the scenarios. It's a cooperative adventure game that has story type or campaign scenarios. where So you're a group of adventurers fighting monsters and trying to complete certain objectives each scenario. And in the game, there's a time track that determines how many actions everyone can do each day. So the actions are moving, attacking, and buying things. When all the hours of the day are used up, then the monsters move towards the castle, which you're trying to protect. And attacking is done with dice, but each player has special powers. For example, the wizard only has one die, but he can change the face to the opposite side, so one can turn into a six. So you can, like, mitigate the dice rolls. Also, you can work together with other adventurers, so when you attack, you sum up all your dice to damage the enemy. And we've gotten some really exciting and close battles with this. In one of our games, we got exactly enough to kill the final boss in the last turn by using up all our power-ups and special powers, so it was really close. What's interesting about Legends of Andor is that the game rules are introduced as the game progresses through a legend deck of cards. So at certain points in the game, a new legend card is revealed, and the story can change. And what drives the legend deck timer is each day the timer advances, but also whenever you kill a monster, the timer advances. That's kind of weird. I don't know how thematically that makes sense, that killing monsters speeds up time, but... What I thought is that maybe it makes the bad guys angry, so they end up doing their bad things sooner than they would have otherwise. (laughs) But but anyways, because of this mechanic where killing monsters advances time, uh, it ends up feeling puzzly instead of, it's not as thematic, it's more puzzly. So you don't want to kill all the monsters, you only want to kill enough to be able to protect the castle until you complete your objective. So I like Legends of Andor. But I think when it came out, a lot of people didn't like the legend deck and how rules changed during the game. But I didn't play it until after playing Pandemic Legacy, so I think nowadays that mechanic is more common in games. Uh, Another thing that people might not like is the puzzly part, since it takes away from the theme. But overall, I like Legends of Endor, and it's an enjoyable cooperative game. 
So Legends of Andor is something that I had kind of like had a little bit of interest in, but yeah, I think your description kind of solidifies that it's something that I probably would enjoy playing, but it's not like at the top of my list, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, like the it's not super thematic. Yeah, like, um, <laughs> which I don't need a game necessarily to be like crazy yeah. thematic always, but yeah, that one, I, I still, I, I would still definitely be willing to give it a try. Yeah, I had fun playing it. I think it's a pretty solid pass for me. (laughs) But that's okay. Maybe someday I'll give it a shot. I've been playing a lot of Ascension recently, um, which was released in 2010 from Stoneblade Entertainment. Apparently, we want to talk about old, in quotation mark, (laughs) games today. Ascension plays one to four players with the base game, but can play up to six with expansions and plays in about 30 to 45 minutes, depending on number of players. I'd say about an hour with the six player expansion. I first got Ascension at Origins the year it was released, so seven years ago, (laughs) and absolutely loved it. Each year I'd go back and I'd get the expansion and all the sleeves and the promos and like anything that they had for the game. Uh, The last expansion that I bought was Darkness Unleashed. So I now have the base game and five expansions. And I hardly played it in the last year and a half, which seems crazy. Um, Ascension, if you don't know, is a deck building game with a center row to purchase new cards and defeat monsters from. The deck building mechanics work similarly to Dominion in that you have cards that provide a money resource to purchase cards, but you also have attack cards that will let you attack the monsters in the center row. And there's no direct conflict. So while you may be attacking, you're attacking the monsters and not each other. The game ends after the last round when the last of the honor tokens, which are your victory points, are taken. Player with the most victory points wins, which are achieved by getting honor tokens for defeating monsters and purchasing cards. So the cards you purchase will have victory points on them as well. Over the course of three weeks, I've played every copy and every version of this game that I have during uh, my board game lunches that I've been having at work. That's awesome. I. Wow. I seriously remember, like, absolutely loving this game when it first came out. My boyfriend bought me expansions for my birthday and everything because I loved it so much. And I don't have that same enjoyment for it (laughs) now. I still had a good time with it, but it just didn't, it just didn't hit me as hard as it did, granted, seven years ago when I first played it. And I... I'm kind of thinking that that's because obviously my tastes in games have changed, but I think also because I've played some other deck builders that I maybe prefer more, uh, like the the legendary games. So I like them. That they're similar in play to Ascension, but they're cooperative, and I think I enjoy that a little more. So yeah, it was good to go back and replay it. Uh, I definitely preferred the Rise of Vigil and Immortal Heroes expansions more than the base game. And yeah, it was a good time. I'm glad I got to play them, but I'm a little bummed that I don't have that same joy that I did playing them the first couple times. Okay, well, I kind of wish that I had made it a three-peat this week and also was talking about an older game, (laughs) but I feel like I am contractually obligated to talk about my thoughts on Queen Domino because (laughs) anyone who watches the favorite game Friday clips that Roy Cannaday from Epic Gaming Night puts together every week knows that like for a little while earlier this year I 
was a wee bit obsessed with King Domino after I played it for the first time. And King Domino is my most played game of 2017. So that definitely says something. So Queen Domino is a standalone game that can be combined with King Domino, but does not have to be. Came out in 2017 from Blue Orange Games. And if you're not familiar with King Domino, it is the Spiel des Jahres winner this year. And it's a game that has players constructing a kingdom in front of them using large domino-like tiles with different types of terrain on them. In Queen Domino, a new terrain type is added, which is the town terrain, which is red. And then there's also a board with buildings on it that players can buy when they have open town spaces in their kingdom. Buildings generally give the players endgame scoring conditions or sometimes just pure victory points. And they also will allow you to collect towers and knights, which are little tower meeples and little knight meeples that are in the game as well. Towers are used to win the favor of the queen, and she can give you both in-game and end-game benefits if you have her at the end of the game. And then uh, the knights are used to tax your kingdom, which gives you money, which will let you buy more buildings. So I actually really like Queen Domino. I've already added it to my collection, but... There's a caveat. I've played it a few times now, and so far, I'm finding that the winner of most of the games that I've played still tends to be someone who does the best, like, based on what the rules were in King Domino. So, like, if you have one epic land area with lots of crowns in it, you're still more likely to win, again, just based on the few games of it that I've played so far. And so this is not, you know, comprehensive. It's we could just be fluke, but it's kind of disappointing in that I was hoping that the new mechanic would be the part that was kind of the most important or the way that you would get the most points. And I feel like the buildings should be more of a benefit, but so far it feels like if you just focused on the King Domino part of Queen Domino, you could still easily win. And I like that that's an option, but I don't like that that seems to be necess possibly the best strategy. Again, they, that may change with additional plays with players who are more familiar with it, but I don't really know. But regardless, if people were turned off by King Domino because of its simplicity, I think this is a really good thing for you to check out because it adds a little bit more depth, but it's still approachable and easy to teach. So if you thought King Domino sounded too simple, I would definitely say check out Queen Domino. There's more to it. It's a little bit deeper. It's a little bit crunchier, but still easy to play, fun, and still has a short play time. And I like it. I own both. I'm going to try combining them and see what happens there. I think it actually could be really interesting. I haven't built a 7x7 grid yet with either Queen Domino or combining them, but I want to do that. And I think it could be interesting because then you could focus on the land types, but also have the buildings kind of be a fun bonus. So that is Queen Domino. Don't you have like two copies of King Domino to combined yes two? yep she does i sure do so <laughs> now i own three copies bigger? yes yeah. so if you combine two of them then you can have four players build a seven by seven grid uh -huh. or you can have two players each build a nine by nine grid i believe i have not done that yet uh if you combined <laughs> all three copies i don't I, I, my math skills have uh, forsaken me at that point, and I'm honestly kind of terrified about what that would be, because <laughs> even the 7x7 seven seven strategically is way more difficult than the 5x5, five five, and I always end up throwing away tiles toward the end of the game that can't be placed legally, so 
yeah, I don't know. Uh, now I own three copies, basically, of this kind of <laughs> game, and I'm okay with that. So we realize that most of you are probably not going to listen to this episode on the day that it releases, at least not our American listeners, because today is Thanksgiving. And I think most people are generally a little bit, you know, preoccupied with turkey and other such things on a day like today. If you are listening to us on Thanksgiving and maybe even sharing our podcast with your family, that's super cool. You get uh, a bonus point <laughs> in life <laughs> just just one point <laughs> one, <laughs> um, but because it is thanksgiving week and you're probably listening to this near there we wanted to talk about what we're thankful for in board gaming specifically and what games possibly we're thankful for so it's kind of a, a broad topic but we figured it would be thematically appropriate mm-hmm I think similar to a lot of people, I'm thankful for all of the friends that I've met through board gaming. The board gaming has a very welcoming community, and I've met a lot of people through playing board games, both online and in person. Like you two, I've met through the internet. <laughs> we Yay, started internet. this podcast through board gaming, but also just being able to play games with your friends and get to know them better by playing games with them. Same with playing games with my family, too. Well, I guess we talked about this a little in the last episode, the community through board gaming. Like, I, I really like that. I mean, I'll kind of piggyback off of what you said. I've also met, I think, the majority <laughs> of my good friends through board games. And I will extend what you said and say that I am thankful for Reddit. And I know <laughs> that that's a controversial <laughs> statement to some people. The website Reddit has some horrible stuff on it. And I am not saying that that stuff is okay or acceptable or forgivable or that Reddit as a company is doing what it should be in a lot of areas. Not saying any of that. But regardless, I am thankful that it exists because you you two, uh, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have met you if it weren't for Reddit and we wouldn't yep. have started this podcast. <laughs> and this podcast has become such a huge part of my life and my identity as a gamer and it has I believe that this doing this podcast and knowing you two has made me a better person and Aww, that's <laughs> sweet. like our the community that has formed around this show I continue to be blown away by on a daily basis like um, our patrons who are talking our slack channel are playing games together online and they are engaging with one another and they care about each other and us and I know that that shouldn't be a surprising thing because I know the gaming community is awesome but it's still surprising to me that we were able to kind of facilitate some a small piece of that community and it's just it, it blows my mind in the best ways. I'm also thankful for Reddit. <laughs> I think we're all thankful yeah. for at least a small part part of Reddit. <laughs> yeah. But I, I've also met like two of my regular board gaming friends I met on Reddit. And oh, wow. like we were like, oh, we're in the Bay Area too. Let's play games. And now we play games with them regularly. So it's really cool. Yeah. And I honestly agree with both of you that I'm extremely thankful for um, the people that I've met playing games because, like Crystal had said, some of my closest friends I've met through my local board game meetup. So it's uh, really awesome to 
know that that exists and those people are there and that they're there regardless of board gaming or not board gaming. So something else I am thankful for is I am really thankful that while we say the community is awesome, and it is, that the lesser awesome parts of the community are starting to not necessarily fade, but awareness is being brought to and people are speaking out against the parts of the community that aren't good. And people who have been marginalized in the community who have the means to speak out are doing so. So I am thankful that uh, people of color and LGBTQ people and people who aren't necessarily male, so that could be non-binary, women, uh, transgender, any of that, are stepping up when they have the means and making their voices heard because I believe that the diversity that is being added to the content about our hobby is making our hobby that much more rich and diverse and it's wonderful. And I think people are starting to see the value in that, which is, it's a crazy thing to say. Of course there's value in that and a lot of people realize that, but I think even people who may have thought they wanted the same old thing over and over again are realizing that there is a lot of value to having more diverse voices in the hobby. Uh, so I'm thankful for, you know, people like uh, Suzanne Sheldon and Mandy Hutchinson, who are now hosting on the Dice Tower podcast every other week and doing a spectacular job of it. And I know that they've gotten a lot of hate from some dice, a minor, I mean, a minority of Dice Tower fans who don't like change. And to those people, I say, get with the program because Mandy and Suzanne are wonderful and knowledgeable and awesome. And if you actually listen to them, you will see that too. I also have a specific game I'm thankful for, Mahjong. Uh, I... I get to play Mahjong with my grandma whenever we visit, which is nice because uh, my grandma doesn't speak English that well and I don't speak Cantonese at all. So uh, it's hard to, like, I can't really talk to her. But now whenever we visit, like, she really likes playing Mahjong and we played with her a couple of times. So she wants to play with us when we visit and it's really fun. And also my parents like go visit her every week and play Mahjong with her. I think it also helps like keep her brain active, which is good. But yeah, it's, it's really nice being able to spend time with her without having to communicate through language. My, um, yeah. my mom's parents uh, and I played Rummy Cube together a lot when mm -hmm. I was little. Um, and they had a bunch of other older board games as well. But like Rummy Cube was the one that they always wanted to play with my sister and I. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm very jealous that my sister got the Rummy Cube set that they own. Because <laughs> my grandfather actually yeah. built a custom wooden box to hold all the cubes. And my sister has that now and I'm jealous. <laughs> but yeah, like I think the f board games allow you to connect with family members, friends, and strangers on in a way that a lot of other hobbies don't because mm -hmm. it can be language independent and it gives you a shared experience. Like you don't have to know the person to be able to sit down and play a game with them. And that's cool. Well, and you learn a lot about people as you play a game with them too, just by how they 
react to certain things and how they play the game and just by having conversation, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. So we reached out to our listeners on various social media channels and we asked them what they're thankful for. And so we wanted to share some of those responses. If you did respond to us and we don't share your response on air, that is not because it wasn't awesome. It's just we got so many that we aren't able to share all of them. So thank you to everyone who responded. And we loved, 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 loved hearing everything that you guys said. So in most of the responses, there was an overarching theme that it seems like Similarly to us, a lot of people are very thankful for the gaming community as a whole, but um, we wanted to read a few of the specific responses that we got. One example is at BoardGameGeekCA on Instagram said, I'm thankful for the opportunity to connect with family and friends while enjoying a hobby I love. And I think that summarizes a lot of what we are also thankful for. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Harley Winfrey on BGG said, I'm thankful that my family of six always come together around board games. I'm on a 44-day road trip for work, and my family is meeting me at an Airbnb in Indiana for Thanksgiving and bringing along a carload of board games to play together. I think that's pretty pretty awesome. I'd be extremely thankful for that, too. Yeah. <laughs> and on Twitter, uh, Marty Wormuth, who is at Fluffy Meeple, Uh, said the community I've been looking for a long time for a community that I just sort of fit in and I've found that the board gaming community is just what I've been looking for yay you too (laughs) but for a different answer on Instagram Volt James said I'm thankful for all the therapy it gives from punching out chits (laughs) (laughs) I love that one it made me laugh what's interesting is I hate punching out chits so it's like the opposite I love it Oh, oh my gosh, it makes me so happy. Cassidy, please come to my house and deal with my copy of Gloomhaven immediately because I don't know what to do. I will do it. I'm flying there right now. (laughs) Forget the rest of this episode. Okay. N. Jones on BGG said, I am thankful that I can spend my time listening to board game podcasts and ignoring traditional news media. Also, I love having an excuse to sit across or beside my family and just have fun. I also like ignoring traditional news media currently. (laughs) I think a lot of us kind of feel that way. Mm -hmm. Then finally, another response from Twitter, at Weird Giraffes, said, The community is so amazing. I've made so many great friendships that I'm grateful for. The people are so supportive and have helped me get over some of my social anxiety issues. I can't imagine not being part of the community at this point. And I think a lot of us feel the same way. I if if board gaming were suddenly to cease existence, I I I would lose a big part of my identity. So, yeah. Thank you to everyone again who submitted responses to our question and thank you for sharing your experiences with us uh it really warms our heart to see how much this community that we've embraced and that we love so much is positively affecting you all for this week's etymology segment i'm going to look at the origins of the word benefit in its noun form benefit originated in the late 14th century and was previously spelled with an e at the end instead of an i The definition, when it originated, was a good or noble deed, a helpful or friendly action, advantage, or profit. The word comes from the Anglo-French benfait and the Old French bienfait, which can be traced back to the Latin word benefactum, meaning a good deed. 
That Latin word comes from the Latin phrase bene facere, bene, which means well, and facere, which means to do, so to do well. The definition of the word benefit meaning a public performance or entertainment to raise money for some deserving person or charitable cause came about in the 1680s. Since it is the week of Thanksgiving, we wanted to tell all of our listeners and the board gaming community as a whole that you have certainly been a benefit to us. Thank you for being there and thank you for supporting us. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, BoardGameBlitz.com, to get links to all our social media pages, including our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Board Game Geek Guild. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. Make sure to check out Gray Fox's new two-player card game, Bushido, on Kickstarter now. Gray Fox Games, quality games, cleverly crafted. Want to support our show directly? Become a patron for as little as $1 a month. Just head to Patreon.com slash BoardGameBlitz. Our patrons get benefits, including access to our private Slack channel, where you can chat with us directly anytime. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Board Game Blitz is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Check out the other shows in the network by visiting Dicetowernetwork.com. Until next time, here's a little outro I wrote. You don't have to blitz it note for note. Don't worry. Game happy. Bye, everyone. Bye. In-person friends and through the internet, like you guys, uh, and <laughs> I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> okay, we're going to start over. Which ones do we want to share? That's a, that's a really good question. <laughs> I'm like, I'm reading through that. There's so many. <laughs> Yeah, so one of the examples is at Board Game Geek Ka. At, <laughs> at Board Game Geek CA, maybe. Okay. <laughs> That's probably better. Okay. Here's a little outro I wrote. You won't have to sing. Ugh, I, I can, let's read the words. I can do this, I swear. It was, I wrote this like two weeks ago, so it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs>